on Podcast 1807, the Model 3, Refresh, the VW ID7, and the Jeep Avenger Electric. Those stories and more stick around. Trying new things, you know when to expect the show. We go live at 5pm UK, that's midday Eastern for the full show. Patreon supporters get the episodes as soon as they're ready and ad-free. Be like them by clicking on a link in the show notes. Uh, well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are in the world, EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information. For Monday 17th of April, my name is Martin Lee. And for those wondering where I've been for a couple of weeks and why the podcast even then before was a bit intermittent over the last couple of months, some people know. I mentioned it on the Inside EVs podcast. It's, it's no big deal. I won't labour the point. Uh, but my dad died of pancreatic cancer after a short battle diagnosed late last year um it was you know very quick he was uh, healthy otherwise and um uh, came as a as, as a great shock um, but towards the end he found out that i was taking a little break here and there from the podcast to spend time with him and i hadn't mentioned it to you and he was very proud of this show over the last four years he drove electric vehicles himself i've got his old one now uh, he had to stop driving at the end of last year because of his his illness, and so um, that means a lot to me. And I'll carry on driving his car for a good while, uh, a good while yet. And I take it out. Take it's his his old Hyundai Kona electric, and I take it out and I think of him. And um, it's yeah, as you know, as you can imagine, it's been a, a rough couple of weeks. But when he found out I hadn't mentioned the reason to you, he said, "You must, you must share that," um, because uh, he was, you know, so interested in what we'd done here with EV News Daily, and um, and 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 it's a very private matter. And I, you know, I'd not mentioned it to him that I'd not done a few shows here and there, um, and uh, and he said, "No, you absolutely must share with any listeners that uh, that care." And many people won't. And for those who are interested in in, in where I've been, uh, the funeral won't be uh, for a couple of days yet, so I'll be away, uh, you know, for that. And um, yeah, ups and ups and downs, mostly downs, to be fair. Um, but uh, but yeah, back back working now um, after uh, uh, some time with my family, which uh, was um, yeah was nice. Right, let's get on with the podcast then. Right, so let's talk about Tesla's a uh, couple of stories from the end of last week, which are really big. So I'll get to them, even though I didn't do a weekend podcast. Um, the Tesla Model Three. The refresh, it's called Highland. The Highland refresh is what it's being called. And uh, one Tesla insider seems to have confirmed some of the design changes. The Model S style headlights, a reprofiled front grille, it's smoother. Many people in liking the look of this better. Moving away from Teslas, making their own seats in-house. I don't think any of these are kind of huge things for buyers. Um, the interior changes, they're going to get rid of the, the wood trim, which I've never liked. Um, my buddy uh, Richard over at R. Simons does a really good Alcantara um, aftermarket thing. That's I would If I had a Model 3, I'd have that done. Uh, but either way, uh, it'll get a substantial set of manufacturing up grades under the skin so uh, more efficient cheaper for tesla to produce and quicker to assemble as well so all those kind of things important for the company not necessarily you and i the buyers of electric vehicles if it lowers the starting price or allows them the flexibility to at some point lower the the price to make it more competitive at a point in time that of course does affect you and i and that's a very good thing i'll keep you updated also, news coming in of Tesla building their Gigafactory in Mexico uh, for the upcoming affordable compact car. Some people calling it the Tesla Model 2, some calling it the $25,000 Tesla. All of those things obviously unconfirmed. And we shouldn't assume it's going to be a $25,000 car because you know, it could take five years to arrive. It could be Cybertruck timing. It could be Roadster timing. Or it might, they might fast track it. We don't know. But the governor of the area where the factory is to be built has announced that there will be a production line for Tesla's new 
affordable, air quotes, affordable, and he put a 15-month time scale on it. So that's interesting. This is an official Mexican official talking about uh, that entry-level model. The factory will be larger than their Giga Texas. It's in the Santa Catarina area. Now, moving on, and you might not think that Tesla raising and lowering their prices, which EV nerds like I talk about, uh, does it really affect, does it move the needle? Do people really notice? Well, certainly their competitors notice. Renault is revising their strategy for electric cars pricing globally to ensure they remain competitive after the market leader. Tesla had a recent wave of price cuts. That happened during my um, break morning, if you want to call it that, but I'm calling it a break um, from the podcast. So I didn't cover that news off. I, I will try and get back to do maybe a little highlights for, of each day because I was making notes to fill my time. So I've actually got some notes of what happened on those days uh, in terms of EV news. Um, but maybe we'll, you know, we'll wait and see. Um, the company's plan at Renault is to examine each market to see whether, whether what they need to do to remain competitive. Uh, most of the model now costs uh, the, the EV models. Um, looking at Tesla as their main rival in France, home market of Renault, the Model 3, after the latest price cut. The cars like the Megane uh, need to remain competitive with cars like the Model 3. And finishing off with some Tesla news today, uh, the Q1 margins are expected to hit a new low uh, because of the recent price cuts. Now, although the volumes were up, and again, some news that that happened while I was um, not doing the podcast, uh, but... Uh, Reuters report saying that the gross auto margins are predicted to be in the low 20% from the low 30% a year ago. And that's the lowest since 2019 because of the price cuts on their cars. But a 20% margin or a 20 to 25% margin is, I think, still really good for the auto industry. And many would bite your hand off to have that level of profit margin. They're expected to benefit from the reduction in lithium prices and plans to improve margins because of economies of scale as they ramp Austin, Texas and Berlin. Now let's talk about the VW ID7. I've just finished watching some Bjorn Newland. Uh, the Norwegian YouTuber was allowed to go out on the autobahns in Germany with a VW Minder in the passenger seat. But the VW ID7 looks like a car that is VW's maturation of EV experience. The screen is bigger and better. It's less laggy. The infotainment looks good. The mapping was a bit buggy, but they said, look, this isn't the fight. This is 90% finished software. The interior with um, a driver's display that's quite low profile, but a big central screen looks great. The car's really long, actually. The VW ID7 will fit a load in, five passengers and their luggage. And the all-new electric saloon, the VW ID7, will launch today in the UK, depending if you're listening to this on the day I release the podcast on Monday 17th. Official launch in the Shanghai Auto Show tomorrow. Going on sale later in 2023. Two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive options. There'll be a GTX, won't there? And 435 miles of range, because it'll have a new big battery, and it will replace the combustion cars, the Arteon and the Passat. ID7 is the sixth model in the ID range and will come as a five-door um, hatchback, if you want to call it that, liftback, if you want to call it that. You would think an estate version as well. And uh, the new EV is fitted with uh, the latest driver assist systems from VW, part of the 10 new ID models coming between now and 2026 in all of their global markets. 
Now, I mentioned it in the title of the show, and Jeep is introducing the all-electric Avenger, marking the beginning of the next phase of how the brand of Jeep electrifies. And by 2030, all of their Jeep models in Europe will be pure electric. Jeep Avenger, then, it's front-wheel drive, and it's got some off-roady sounding things like hill descent control. So I'm not sure it's got the Jeep name attached to it. I'm not sure any... Land Rover buyers are particularly going to have their head turned by this, but I guess you'll feel when you're doing the school run with the kids that if, for instance, you had to drive up the side of a mountain for no reason, you'd be able to do it capably as you were owning a Jeep. Uh, It's built on the new ECMP2 modular platform, and so a 115-kilowatt motor on each axle, I think, for the four-wheel drive version. So I'll link to that story in the show notes if you'd like to find out more. Heading to China and Geely with their brand Zika has launched the delivery of their people carrier, their MPV. It's called the Zika 009. And the reason this is interesting is because it uses the new battery from CATL, the world's biggest EV battery maker. It's called the Kirin battery. And it's the first time this new long-range battery has been available to anyone in the world, let alone China or whatever market, the general public. The Zika 009 has a 140 kilowatt hour battery. And that is a Chinese range of 822 kilometers, at least on their test cycle. The vehicle, the people carrier was launched last November and it starts at $72,000 equivalent. But this is an interesting battery because this is going to unlock some longer range in those vehicles that start to use it. This is the first one. Now, the Ram CEO, Mike Koval Jr., suggesting that a smaller electric truck is in the works from Ram after confirming their mid-sized electric pickup concept had been shown at a special convention for dealers. Further details regarding the new smaller electric truck are unknown, though. And it's important if the brand wants to expand into Europe, where mid-sized trucks are essential for some in the European markets compared to large pickup trucks. Now, I don't know what you call a large or a mid-size. If you're one of my American listeners, uh, the Ram... 1500 Rev electric truck, which has a 229 kilowatt hour battery pack option. Wow. That's like four normal EVs, Um, with the latter having a range of 500 miles. And then, you know, if you start towing, that's going to go pretty quickly. That's going to be their first electric truck. But honestly, you know, I see people importing Ford F-150s occasionally, uh, maybe once a every six months or whatever. It's not popular. It's not uh, common. But, you know, what would be a pretty normal-sized truck in the US is ridiculously large for our roads. So, yeah, something something smaller, more van-based maybe, um, or size rather, uh, could be very popular. We'll wait and see. Coming up on the podcast very soon. I'm going to talk about the BYD SEAL or the ATO4, whatever it's called when it arrives, because I'm really interested by that. Volvo increasing their range in Europe and uh, VW's charging network gets bigger. Stick around those stories and more on the way. Okay, so let's talk about the BYD SEAL, otherwise known as the ATO4, when it arrives on European shores, also in Australia and places outside of China. Why am I interested in this? Because it's a direct rival, at least in China, to the Tesla Model 3, where it's two-thirds of the price, gets rave reviews, where it's sold as the BYD SEAL, has a ton more tech is as good performance-wise, and, of course, doesn't have the Tesla badge on it, but interior, beautiful technology, fantastic. So many more improvements over the Tesla Model 3, which, as we said at the beginning of the show, is getting a refresh, a bit long in the tooth now. And we finally have a press release sent in uh, with the 
latest details for the European market. It will use the Blade battery from BYD, 82 kilowatt hours, 570 kilometres or 354 miles on the European cycle. That's maybe 300 miles on the uh, the APA in the US. A DC charging 150 kilowatts, AC charging 11 kilowatts. It's a little slow. It's good to have an 11 kilowatt charger, but we should maybe be looking at uh, some three-phase 22 kilowatt chargers on these more premium EVs as they're popular in on mainland Europe. The cell-to-body technology, like Tesla's technology, uh, puts the seats on top of the battery pack and then the whole car gets built around that it increases the volume of the battery and the energy density by 10% as well. It uses the LFP, like I say, lithium iron phosphate battery, which is safer, more durable, has great performance as well. The The seats are very luxurious. The passenger compartment's great. Even somewhere to put your karaoke microphone for those Chinese buyers that like to do karaoke in the car. In Europe, though, when we get the BYD seal, I think it's going to be called the Atto 4 when it arrives, almost certainly because we have the Atto 3. Um, it's got two trim levels. 82 kilowatt hour rear wheel drive or 80 kilowatt hour all wheel drive 570 kilometers of range like i say that's 354 miles vehicle to load up to 3 kilowatts that's great your boiler kettle with that with a 3 pin or a 2 pin plug socket on it it's got the rotatable screen up front so you can either have it in portrait or landscape mode 15.6 inches and it launches in august 2023 in europe now Let's talk about China. And the car maker Cherry will become the first to use CATL's sodium iron batteries. Now, before I took my little break on the podcast, I was talking a lot about sodium iron batteries. Had a run of stories in a row. And details of the collaboration uh, not provided, so it's not evident which of the Cherry cars will get the new sodium iron battery. But a new battery technology that, again, minimizes lithium use and avoids some of those materials that have been quite volatile in price, depending on which type of lithium price you're looking at. Now, uh, Volvo are next in the news today, and some news coming in about Volvo UK improving the range and efficiency of the XC40 and its C40 sister car. Uh, The full range has increased by up to 64 miles uh, with the new performance numbers coming through. The uh, energy efficiency officially rated at 3.7 miles per kilowatt hour. That's good because they were thirsty girls, those cars. Um, but uh, the improvement uh, using some new technical updates under the skin, the second generation of their permanent magnet electric motors, rear-wheel drive, of course, and uh, with this new version of the XC40 and the C40. Better battery performance, same output of 400-plus horsepower. They're rapid cars and now getting more efficient for the next generation of those, which is good because that was the only downside, really, of those Volvos as they were, like I say, just a little bit thirsty. Now, let's talk about VW and their charging network, the Ellie, E-L-L-I, Ellie. VW sent out a press release saying it's now Europe's largest charging network. But it's not really, is it? They haven't built a network of half a million charging stations. They've gathered together everyone who's gone and built their own ones, and you can use them if you're customer of their network um so it's a network provider isn't it and that is useful i'm not i'm not dissing it it is useful to have one card i you i not only are they a sponsor of this podcast but also on a lot of my trips home to see my dad i was just happened to be passing a lot of places that take the octopus electric universe card and it's so simple when i got into the habit uh, both of the tesla open tesla supercharger the one in uh, thetford uh, because my dad uh, is in East Anglia, and I'm down on the south coast. So I was passing through Thetford a lot, 
using the Tesla open charge superchargers there on, on the Hyundai Kona, and also a load of stations that took Octopus Electric Universe. So it is really useful when you get into the habit of having one card, one map, one app, etc., etc. So uh, VW saying that their LE network has now hit 500,000 charging points, 100,000 added in the last four months, and 28 European countries, 950 different providers, all through uh, one Billing, etc. Plug and charge available on some of those. I can't wait till things like plug and charge. It's just standard and everywhere. You just plug your car in and walk away. It's coming. Now, I want to get into a little bit about the tax credit for electric cars changing models impacted in the US. Uh, Starting tomorrow, April 18th, Fury Vs will qualify for the full $7,500 federal tax credit. Some getting half, some getting none. New rules require a percentage of battery minerals and components sourced from North America or a trade partner. And unfortunately, we still don't know which vehicles are in the list. Uh, Vehicles must meet battery size and weight requirements. Uh, There's some earnings requirements as well, and it changes according to whether you're buying a car or an SUV slash a truck. And NPR confirmed with the car makers that the Cadillac Lyric, the Chevy Silverado, the Tesla Model Y, Tesla Model 3 Performance, Ford F-150 Lightning, and the Chrysler Pacifica plug-in hybrid will get the tax credit, full $7,500, because the battery's made in the US, the car's made in the US, and we think that some of the the, the Bolt, the Bolt EUV, and the Tennessee-built VW ID4 could get $7,500, but they don't know how... It's, it's tomorrow. How do the car makers not know where their batteries are from? It's fabulously complicated. And those that get half are the Model 3 rear-wheel drive, the Mustang Mach-E from Ford, the E-Transit, the Escape plug-in hybrid, uh, the Wrangler 4xE and the Grand Cherokee 4xE uh, only get half because the batteries are not from the US, but they are assembled on US soil. And if that all sounds complicated, I have good news. The Oak Ridge National Laboratory has created a tool in collaboration with the Department of Energy to help you understand the tax credits. The tool shows which vehicles are eligible and it's available for free right now. Link to Kling Technica, who found that in the show notes. China's Shanghai Auto Show is going to be on this week, showcasing the rivalry between Europe and Chinese brands. The European brands showing up, the likes of VW, Porsche, Mercedes-Benz, showing off the Maybach EQS, that is the ultra-luxury version, sort of restyled on the outside as well. It's got a higher front end and little silvery bits and spoilers, and it looks very nice. And SAIC are turning up with their MG brand for the Marvel R. I like the look of that, by the way. And also Xpeng's G6, VW's ID7, all being shown off. Now, let's talk about Ford, and they recently chose Michigan as the location for their new battery park. They're licensing Chinese technology, but it's, of course, a Ford company building it. It's not a Chinese company, but they're licensing Chinese technology, which has upset both the Chinese and the Americans. Wonderful. Nobody's happy. It's called the Blue Oval Battery Park, and it opens in 2026. And some stories coming, uh, some news coming out today, uh, which shows how hard the local area worked. The Economic Development Alliance uh, were looking at how to bring industry to the area. And it's an insight really into what electric vehicles are going to do to so many areas that want to build, com- uh, bring companies in like Ford, Stellantis, Volkswagen, Samsung, Micron Technologies. And 
things like the location, the labour availability, the land being available, and the infrastructure, how much of that can be looked after by the local area, which really does reduce the costs. It sort of it does skew the business case for these companies because, well, they're going to build a factory anyway, but it's just, you know, how many incentives can each different area offer? So if you're interested in that, I'll pop a link to Ford Authority. Some news coming in as well about how US buyers are snapping up used EVs, 32% increase in the first quarter of the year, as more people look not only at new EVs, but used, increasingly used EVs. And I love that. And I just, it's brilliant because it will reduce the cost and it'll get more people in EVs. And that's fantastic. And I'll pop a link to that story as well in the show notes. The German Auto Industry Association says that they should make a million electric vehicles this year in 2023, uh, doubling the previous amount of pure EVs. Of course, I think Tesla opening up their Berlin Gigafactory. I, I call it Berlin. That's really stretching the definition of geography a little bit, but that's what Tesla call it. Um, and Mercedes' new Bremen plant adding to those. And finally, if you're interested in a little bit of electric motorsports, the Lancia Delta Integrale is returning as a rally cross weapon. 662 brake horsepower. And it's being uh, delivered by Special One, a motorsports engineering firm. Dual motors, 331 horsepower on each axle, not to 62 miles an hour, 1.8 seconds. And it'll be driven by WRC champion, nine-time champion, nonetheless, Sebastian Loeb, the company behind the French firm GCK Performance, who is uh, Guerlain Chichry, who I've interviewed for this podcast before. Uh, those uh, behind it, uh, the technology of outfitting this Lancia Delta Integrale. And uh, he's a fascinating chap, actually. Yeah, to talk. I must get him back on the podcast. Very interesting man uh, to talk to. We'll see that sometime in May. And that's your podcast for today. Thank you very much to everyone who supports this show via Patreon. I couldn't do it without you. And if you are a Patreon supporter... And you've stayed with me over the last couple of weeks while I was away. Thank you. If you if you want a refund, by the way, for last month, because I've been away for a couple of weeks, just pop me an email and I can process a refund straight away if you feel like you haven't got the podcast you paid for. And I would totally agree with you. Um, but if uh, if you do, then just let me know. And I, it's a one-click thing for me to refund last month's money. Uh, and I don't mind it at all. I'm just grateful that you're there. Thank you so, so much for you listening and supporting uh, the podcast. It means a huge amount just to know you're there. Thanks to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of the Village of Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley's EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electric Universe, global public charging made simple with one app and one map and lease plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good one. See you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid. I've missed saying that.